The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of pup talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. Slowly but surely, Pittsburgh has taken over your Vancouver Canucks. Now, Jake Gensel, should the, should the Canucks trade the farm for him? Should Rick Tockett become the highest paid coach in NHL history? More on all of that next year on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer for Daily Hive and your co-host here of Locked On Canucks. Before we dive into the episode, we got to thank you for tuning into Locked On Canucks. It is your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we're going to talk about Jake Gensel. Latest report is that the Canucks are trading the farm for him, okay? Should they do that? Kama, are going to give you our take on that. Also going to talk about Rick Tockett. Walk it like you talk it, baby. Is this guy going to become the highest paid coach in NHL history? That's the topic of segment two. And we'll end off the show going over our Canucks Goats of the Week. But before we do that, I got to throw it to Kyle because I'm throwing off my game. You know, this is... This is a rare time where I'm I'm at home today. I'm recording from home. Uh-huh. My wife is sitting about 10 feet away from me laughing at my intro. Wow. So I'm going off. So I'm going to throw it to my co-host, Kyle Bowen. How are you doing today, brother? Wow. You getting nervous around your wife still? That's flattering, yo. That's beautiful, man. That's good, man. <laughs> you got you to keep courting, right? That, that's the advice that you gave me, you know? Never stop flattering. I like it, yo. Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen, Locked on Canucks. You're Canucks every day. Shout out to the Don't Doze Art Lab for making this possible. And also shout out to that West Coast bias, man. It's all about the West Coast bias. Also, I appreciate the people, man. Look at Junior, man. Again, I'm naming my next son Junior. I don't have one yet, but I'm definitely like, he's gonna be a Junior Bowen. Okay, he's saying this channel is the best. Uh, you're the best. You're the best. You know, a lot more people talking about how they really like us, man, and we haven't even gotten naked yet. That's crazy, man. We'll save that for the lockdown only fans. Maybe oh, when the when the playoffs start. But, uh, naked podcast. Things in common, man. People saying this channel the best. You know, I I said it in an interview with Stadium Chinatown a few months back that you know our goal is to be the best Canucks podcast Ooh. of all time. Now, Damn. I think we're on our way there. Stay humble, no, bro. Be humble, bro. Be humble. Okay, come on, man. Stay humble, see, man. We're on the path. We're on I'm gonna ground you, bro. Okay. I'm gonna ground you, bro. Anyways, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Bags, uh, Bags. You got a lot to talk about. Okay, uh, speaking about being humble. Do you think the Canucks need to slow slow their roll, maybe be a bit more hum- humble and maybe not give up the farm for Jake Gensel, a.k.a. Yo, how about you experiment with the playoffs first with this roster, take it one step at a time, and maybe not go all in right away? So I, I think there's two sides to this equation. And when we talk about trading the farm, again, the latest report from Rick Dollywall from Czech TV, Donnie and Dolly, is that the Canucks basically would have to trade both Tom Willander and Jonathan LeCaramacki for Jake Gensel. Now, again, is this Jake Gensel the rental, or are you extending Jake Gensel? Whoa. I think you got to go under the the assumption that you're not extending him, right? That this is purely a rental. So to give up your two best prospects for a rental is steep. Now, that being said, is this the year for the Canucks to go all in for the Cup? I would say this is the beginning of their window, not the year to go all in. Everydayers should know that. I've said that before. 
Now, that being said, I don't want to put this out in the atmosphere, but it needs to be said. If Elias Pettersson, for whatever reason, is not re-signing in Vancouver, Whoa, then on. this is the year to go all in. Wow. Now, maybe that makes a, a Gensel trade, a Tom Willander, Jonathan LeCarrie Mackey trade for Jake Gensel that much more pressing because this might be the year for the Canucks to go all in now. Uh, I'm not going to, maybe my balls are shriveling up here. I'm going to say this is not the time to go all in for Jake Gensel because either way, I think this is either the beginning of the Canucks, Canucks Cup window starting or the flip side, if Elias Pettersson is going to leave, then you trade Gensel for your two top prospects. Gensel leaves, you don't have your top prospects. If Pettersson's gone, that's a dark place to be. So I'm going to go, uh, no, I would not trade Tom Willander and Jonathan McCarramacchi for Gensel. But I think it's probably a closer call oh of people there. Oh my hard no for me. Begsy, man, you're all over the place, and you have to throw that low blow in there. Why'd you have to bring up Pedersen's name and this being his last season? If that's the case, you got to go all in. Relax, man. That was, said, man. Dude, I think, honestly, bro, I think— I've, I've, I, I've said time and time again that, you know, ooh. I don't think Pedersen's going anywhere. I think he's going to resign to Vancouver. But, but if you were Canucks management, you know better than I do. And if, if there is a sniff of Pedersen wanting to go somewhere else, then this is the season to go all in. Honestly, you have Tell to say it. No, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Because hearing you say that, it made too much sense. And, dude, I got scared there. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't even think about that being a reason why we should go all in, you know? It's just, man, how do, you, how do, you, how do I get back from that? Anyways, Jake Ensel, <laughs> oh. a big, big, big time player. I get why there is that allure around him too and you know you you were starting to rap there okay vanilla ice over here jay gensel the rental i like that man i like that man i think the canucks are still in the mix for jay gensel and i think rick dollywall is wrong here i think i think he's wrong i think maybe his pittsburgh sources and they might be in the organization are saying those things because you know that way that's the the standard of the jay gensel trade but i still think there's a chance that Alvin and company can go get Jake Ensel or a player like that, top six, elite, whether it be a rental or not, without having to give up Tom Willander or Jonathan LeCaramacchi. I look at a name like Pot Colson. I look at that first-round pick. I even look at somebody like Aturatu, and who I'm not looking at anymore based on, you know, the same guy who I just called out for maybe being wrong, Rick Dollywall. Uh, I heard that Hoaglander is not on the trade block, so he's not part of that mix of uh, prospects in the farm that they would give up to get that top six help because – Let's be honest and let's be real. The narrative has completely changed. I know five minutes ago I said, yo, just take it one step at a time, blah, blah, blah. In that building, I think it is cup or bust. So it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, they're going to make some kind of move, right? It's it's just the Rutherford and Alvin way. And I, I think we may talk about it on a later episode, but they might do it sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, That's what history told us in the past. Yeah. But um, I, I would tend to agree with you. I don't think the Canucks are going to trade Willander and LeCarrie-Mackey. No. Look, those are both Alvin drafts. Or, or one right? of them. Like, I don't think it's going to take both to get Gensel. I think it's like, what, one of them, a first-round pick, and et cetera, for Gensel, right? It, w was the Dollywall report yeah. both of them? Like, like, even if it's just one of them, I don't think the Canucks are doing that. Both those guys are Alvin picks. Both those guys are on the rise. And I still don't think it's the must to go get a rental. Like, Jake Gensel, great player, elite player. But I think rental costs, in my opinion, have gotten a little lower, you know? doesn't have a contract it's like you can go get the the b the b prospect in a first round pick and etc for a guy that doesn't have any more term left yeah i think you're right about that because nhl gms 
for the most part, I've gotten a bit smarter with deadline rentals on that. Being yeah. said, we brought up this example in the past. Uh, Kyle Dubas, Pittsburgh Penguins current GM, uh, has traded guys like Nick Foligno for a first. We, we see it all the time. There was What was the one that Jets made a few years back? Kevin Hayes for a first. That blew Oof. up in their face. So yeah. this kind of stuff does happen. But you know, I think I, I said as much when I wrote for Daily Hive about a week or so ago that, you know, a trade for Gensel starts with the first and LeCarrie Mackier will land her. Oof. And if the Canucks aren't willing to do that, this trade isn't happening. This trade isn't happening. Mm -hmm. I've seen stuff out there. What was it? Maybe like a first Kuzmenko, Hoaglander, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. That might do it. But even then, I don't think the Canucks are trading Hoaglander as as that report uh, from Dollywell mentioned. And I think they would probably, unless they're getting blown away, and I would say a first in Hoaglander and Kuzmenko for Gensel isn't really a trade, like a huge steal or anything like that. You got to keep Hoaglander around. I mean, this guy is making $1.1 million for the next two seasons. He has 12 goals playing on your goddamn fourth line. Dude, he may um, be the next Jake Gensel. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's 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 something right there. No, it's just the truth. Um, like, he has high-end skill. He's learning the game still. He's made such big steps in his first year under Tockett. He's been bouncing around the lineup, but he's a contributor. And players like that get a lot better, man. And imagine him having a full year with Pedersen, you know? or whomever the second-line center of this team could be. And just going back to that point, I know we're going to talk about it more and more. Let us know in the comments who you want the Canucks to target as their second-line center. Uh, Begsy, has anyone new come to mind? I know you brought up Boone Jenner, and et cetera. Like, any any more research done over the last couple of days? And Because I feel as if, again, it's cup or bust for the Vancouver Canucks, and having that tool in your toolkit come April where you can play the lotto line button is something that Hockett and company want to use in the playoffs. So is there a second line center out there that's been more keen in your imagination? You know what? Uh, off the top of my head, there hasn't been, but I actually do plan on writing about it for Daily okay. Hive uh, later uh, this week. But um, I'm just looking at a list I did, uh, another article where I basically took the top two centers on every team and kind of ranked them, like who had the best uh, center duel. Now, this was back when... Uh, Pedersen and Miller uh, were both the one and two centers. Um, and we talked about that a couple months back, showed to the everydayers. They would know that as a deep dive every day because that was maybe a month or two ago. But yeah, like looking at this, looking at this list, I mean, yeah, not someone that immediately comes to mind. Um, man, if you could get someone like a, a Sean Couturier out of Philly, although they're playing pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, again, Boo Jenner brought him up time and time again. He's their first line center in Columbus, basically. <laughs> now he's out with injury. Sean Monahan's a guy who I, I've heard a couple other people oh, mention as well. I don't know if I love Sean Monahan as a second line center on a playoff contending team, but he's good. Like Sean Monahan's probably better than people realize. Um, he's better than he was at, at the end of his Calgary tenure. So you know what's happening, Trevor? You know what's happening? People don't like. I don't even think is Monahan even thirty yet. Like he's twenty nine or thirty or thirty one, whatever the age is. People are no, just he's he's uh, he's twenty eight. He's 28, the same there draft you go. As people getting close when people get closer and closer to thirty. I'm telling you, forty like thirty is a new forty. In people's eyes. And I'm telling you, man, the more and more you talk about that, you 20-year-olds, turning 30 is going to come out of nowhere, okay? Speaking of coming, you do. Erectile dysfunction is coming after you, okay? For real. So don't talk too much ish. 30-year-olds uh, can still get it done, and I'm more than curious to go through more lists and talk about, again, second-line center possibility possibilities for the Vancouver Canucks and future acquisitions because the lotto line, man, being dynamic, playing fast tempo hockey, all while being structured and bought in into being a Vancouver Canucks, a Vancouver Canucks player, I think equates to, again, the notion that copper bust is not delusion. It's actually obtainable for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, let's get to the comments before uh, Begsy has more to say and possibly shouting out 
uh, one of our sponsors. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of this. Again, Junior again, uh, Trade Coups and Mikheyev now. Uh, we have somebody else saying, uh, flip Mikheyev, take the assets and what you get, add it to the Jake Gensel trade. Man, oh, man, Mikheyev, man, not getting a lot of love these days. I know he hasn't had a, had a goal in, in, what, 11 games and whatnot, and now he's playing with Pius Suter. The offense is obviously going to dry up, but I feel as if he's actually super useful, and I know on this road trip, I saw more of him on the PK. I don't think he's been, like, the pillar on the PK and why things have turned around, but I'm curious to see where that goes and his deployment, again, in other roles outside of just playing with Pedersen on the top line. Like, this is maybe a new phase of Mikheyev, and I'm not on that boat thinking that Mikheyev's a 25-goal scorer. Like, I don't need this guy to score goals. I just need this guy to be in the offensive zone a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think Eli Mikheyev might be the most underrated Canucks player because... You know, a, a lot of his contributions are kind of going unnoticed. Uh, he, yeah, he's put up points so far this season, um, but a lot of people kind of attribute that to playing with Pedersen. But I've been a big fan of McKay. Of, you know, I'm also a big fan of is Rick Tockett. So mm-hmm. on the other side, we got to talk about Rick Tockett and his contract. Um, and will he become the highest paid coach in NHL history? Also, again, let us know in the comments, uh, whether you're here live with us on YouTube or watching us on YouTube after the fact or want to connect with us on Twitter, Spotify, wherever, let us know. Would you trade LeCarrie Mackey and Willander for Jake Gensel? Or what is your trade package for Jake Gensel? Rick Talk and Talk on the other side. But first, I got to shout out Game Time. Have you ever been stressed out by buying tickets at the last minute? You know me, I'm a big last minute deals guy. And I found the best place for killer deals at the last minute is Game Time. Yeah, Game Time, they got my back. I get these emails from Nicole at game time, and she's always teasing me with concerts and events this week in my area. What's even better than that is that game time offers a lowest price guarantee along with event protection cancellation. They got it all over at game time. It doesn't end there. You can get exclusive flash deals for tickets on football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Now, I have no choice but to get off my hairy rear end Whoa. and go check out a local event on a Friday night. Hey. So make sure you snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. <laughs> We back, we back on Locked On Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. More importantly, that right there is my second best friend in the world, Trevor Beggs. Uh, speaking of best friends, I chilled a lot with my dog last night. I, I cuddled my dog, man. I looked him in the eyes and just kept saying thank you. Why is that relevant to this conversation? Dude, we say it every day, man. You got to look out for your brothers, man. You got to give your brothers the flowers every day. And Begsy, I'm giving you your flowers because I missed you. You haven't even been gone for that long. You haven't even been gone. I've just been posting some post-game shows, and it feels as if you and I have been distant. And there was a fan yesterday talking about how this show needs more structure, and you need to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, I'm not the structure guy. Trevor Beggs is the structure guy, and I'm happy to have you back. <laughs> I'm happy to be back, buddy. And, uh, uh, you know, like I said, you're, you do 80% of the work here on Lockdown. No, no, no. Dude, I do 40% of the work. No, I do 33% of the work. You do 33% of the work. And then the listeners, man, they do the the rest. And then the Canucks do the 1% of the work. I don't know. Anyways, Kyle Bound, Trevor Beggs, Locked on Canucks. We're about to talk about Rick Tockett 
And then we got Steve in here, man. Steven Meyer. Rick Tockett looks like a thug. All right, Rick Tockett, he looks like he knows where some bodies are buried. Tockett, man. Unbelievable, man. Uh, you got some news on him, too. Uh, not news. Uh, I think we're not, not jumping the gun, but it's an interesting topic because there's a chance here for Rick Tockett to do something pretty special. Yeah, and I'm going to shout out uh, Rob at Daily Hive, not to not to kiss the boss's ass or anything. But, Whoa. you know, Rob posted something this morning that honestly wasn't even on my radar and wasn't on the radar of most Canuck fans. But he's basically saying that, you know, Rick Tockett has a contract right now. It actually doesn't expire at the end of this season, but it ex- expires at the end of 2024-25. He's making $2.75 million per season, uh, according to reports, and it's up there on Cap Friendly as well. Now, Rick Tockett, and again, Rob made a great point. Usually coaches don't go into the final season of their contract without a contract, right? Especially if they've done a good job. Um, there's not a lot of lame duck coaches out there, uh, especially guys in Tonka's position who are could potentially win the Jack Adams. And again, he's the front runner to win the Jack Adams right now. So I think we should expect a talk extension probably before the beginning of next season. Now, I would imagine... That uh, you know, Tockett probably wants to go on a playoff run, see how the team does, see how much of the bag he can secure. You know, maybe he's well, he is making more money right now than he would have been as a player back in the 80s and 90s. But I mean, Kyle, I'm wondering, Rick Tockett, could he become the highest paid coach in NHL history? Now, not all coaches' contracts are known, but I'm I think it's safe to assume the biggest ones are known now, right now. According to Cap Friendly, the highest paid coach in the NHL on an annual basis is Todd McClellan at $5 million per season. Mike Babcock, as of public records, was the highest paid coach on an annual basis when he made $6.25 million a season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Could Talkit surpass that number? Do you think Talkit, dude, if the Canucks go in a long run or even if they win the Cup, whoa, could whoa, Rick Talkit make more than $6.25 million a season and become dude. the highest paid coach in NHL history? Hell yeah, dude. Again, home of the West Coast bias, home of a lot of delusion, and also home of the best team in hockey. If Rick Tockett wins the Stanley Cup in year one full-time with the Vancouver Canucks, he will become the highest paid coach in NHL history, and that's A, warranted, and B, good for the league. I've said it before, you know. We talk about the personalities and all that jazz with the players. Well, it stems for every individual on an NHL roster. Like The the league needs, quote-unquote, more personality, and Rick Tockett could be quote-unquote, a face for hockey. Hey, again, somebody brought it up, right? He looks like a thug. Dude, Rick Tockett has a cool-looking face, okay? He'd be good for the game. Imagine that guy winning a cup, lifting the cup in Vancouver. That's a lot of pedigree. And then getting paid like it, I know money isn't everything, but it, it would just add to the cachet. Now, speaking of the money, I feel as if Vancouver Canucks fans should not give a beep how much this guy gets paid because it's not against the cap. It's not our money, you know? Whatever, man. Let it happen, you know? Let it happen, and... If he does bring home the ultimate prize, he does deserve that. Now, I will also say this. There has to be a standard, though, okay? Like, you know how we talk about our expectations and things changing and whatnot, cup or bust, blah, blah, blah. If Rick Tockett wants that type of deal ASAP, like, again, maybe he doesn't have to necessarily win the cup right away, but I would want a magical playoff run. Like, get past the second round. Be that guy yeah. and sign an offseason. Like, it can't just be... Oh, successful regular season, game seven in the first round. We did it. We took a step. Great. Cool. We'll extend you. But if he wants that lucrative deal, which, you know, for a guy who likes money, I heard Rick Tockett likes money. I think we all know that. Yo, get get somewhere far in the playoffs. Make us feel a different way. 
Yeah, and, and that might be it, Kyle. Like, if the Canucks do make it to the conference finals, maybe that does secure Rick Tockett. Mm-hmm. Largest contract. Maybe I shouldn't say largest contract because Mike Bab- Babcock's contract was ridiculous. Eight years, $6.25 million a season. Bro, could you coach? Could you coach? Could you be a coach? I don't think so. Like, are you gonna to coach? Honest. Are you gonna coach like, uh, like your daughter, your son grow up? You know, they're playing soccer, ten bits soccer, ten bits hockey. You're gonna volunteer to coach? Yeah, maybe. Dude, you maybe. gotta we'll do see it, how it man. Goes, man. I mean, my kids it, are man. three and six months, so or seven months now, I guess. But um, got some time to figure. How about this out, question? But... Another one. Are you are you driving? Are you driving your kids around and their friends on field trips when they get older? Dude, that sounds yeah, hectic, man. Work hundred percent. That's hectic, though, man. That's hectic, man. As long as I don't have a minivan, man. I got a horror story from my friend where he like was in a car on those one of those field trip ones, and his fingers got caught in the minivan of his like friend's mom's car. Like and, just like horror, horror. And then stuff he right sued there, the family, and thus leading them not to be millions. friends anymore. Wow, dude, that's a no. He just ended. screamed and they opened the door and unbelievable. You know, he ended up not having like you know irreparable damage, but man, oh man, throwing stuff right there, man. Straight up. Um, that's even more scarring than, you know, Rick Tockett leaving us for another organization. But that's not going to happen. Okay, buddy? Okay, Rick yeah. Tockett is going to become, I, I'm going to say it, he's going to become on an annual basis the highest paid coach in NHL history. Yeah. So I think Aquilini has shown that, you know, he's got his, certainly got his flaws as an owner. But aside from that weird COVID season, he's shown a propensity to spend money. And he wants the high-profile guys. Look at Jimmy um, right here. So, why, why are so, we talking about coaching in minivans? Jimmy, why not? Why not, Jimmy? I'm a dad, buddy. It I'm is what dad. it is. Now, I want to give Aquilini some credit, okay? Now, this is I'm going to get canceled here. Your people are gonna, not going to subscribe anymore. <laughs> well, but think about it, okay? So, tough spot. Can you even say that a bit about a billionaire? Of course you can. You know, we're all humans at the end of the day. We all got feelings, okay? And he's on Twitter and X, and he knows everyone's coming after him, blah, blah, blah. A year and a half ago, he fires everyone. And I, I guarantee this guy had to shell out a lot of dough to get Rutherford in the building. You know what I'm saying? So, he just, like... X'd out a couple of employees, still paying the millions, and then he brought Rutherford, and the rest is history. Uh, Jimmy, don't worry. We're talking more about the, the the hockey players on this team on the other side, okay? Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, Locked on Canucks. Let's read some more comments before we get to that. Uh, Major, man, he, he, saw, he thought this, uh, this episode had something to do with not selling the farm, but selling the harm, okay? I think, I think this guy was concerned about Harmon Dial leaving Vancouver, man. That would be a... That would be a whole too, man, for real. And then we had another comment that made me think here, man. Again, more people just want Mikheyev gone, man. I'm surprised. Angelo, get rid of Mikheyev. Get rid of Kuzmenko. That's $12 million off the books. Is Mikheyev not in favor with the Canucks fans right now? Who knows? Again, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, who we shouting out? All right, let's wrap up this episode, talk about the Vancouver Canucks, go to the week. But before we do that, I'm going to shout out Sleeper. It's the halfway point of the NHL season, and Canucks fans, you cheer for the best goddamn team in the NHL. You know, it's hard to be the best at something, but if you want to be the best at playing daily fantasy hockey, make sure you do so on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is my number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you could win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Andre Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikhaev, or Jake Gensel will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, 
you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Canucks fans. You could win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Okay, okay, we back on another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs. Okay, and this is the home of the Don't Doze Art Lab, uh, where the show gets produced. Shout out to the Locked On Podcast Network. Hit the like button, subscribe. And also remember, man, home of the West Coast vibes, baby. That's all that matters. Hey, speaking of the West Coast, I know, Jimmy, you're not going to like this. If you don't like this, it's okay. You can leave. But I got to ask the people, and I got to put out a warning for the people, right? A snowstorm coming. You might be listening to this in your car. And Vancouver sucks at driving in the snow. Like, we had one centimeter of snow last week. And, dude, ICBC had problems last week, you know? So do you have any advice, Trevor, for – because you're a good Canadian kid. Again, if if you don't know, Trevor has a Celtic warrior tattoo on his arm. He's Canadian. He's cool with the cold. He can drive in the snow. Uh, What's, like, the number one tip for drivers in the snow? Put you on the spot. The the number one tip for me is that – Pray. You got to pray. Extremely uncomfortable driving in the snow. Do not drive in the snow. Like, F your job, F your responsibilities. Like, if you are a timid driver, I, okay, I always say this and I get flack from people, but like, I, I'm, I'm more scared of a timid driver than, than a confident driver. You know what I mean? So, confident driver can get a little dangerous. But I think if you're confident in your driving abilities, you can be a little bit over, over the edge. But a timid driver, man, oh man, I've, I've known timid drivers that have gotten into quite a few accidents. So, um yeah if you're timid out there in the snow don't do it don't drive i mean mm. you know I, I have to be good at driving in the snow my wife's from ottawa man come on Ooh, you gotta impress her <laughs> dude you gotta impress well, her i don't want to be called a, a biatch dude you know what's you know what's crazy man i feel as if um uh, again like it, 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 g ellis one of our best fans he agrees with you right we got a lot of timid drivers and now this is like very heavy in social media very heavy in marketing vancouver sucks at driving in the snow a couple years ago it was vancouver's not friendly right can't make friends in vancouver now it's like Again, we're absorbing this energy Energy that the snow is literally like fireballs flying from the sky. And we got to get over that, okay? I- I'm case in point. We'll get the goats in the week. But I was scared to drive in the snow for years and years and years. And something happened last year, man. Something happened. I'm like, yo, screw it. I'm not scared of the snow. I'm Canadian. I am Canada. I'm the, I'm the Canadian Hindu of the year. What? Anyways, Trevor Beggs, goats of the week, a.k.a. the players of the week. I'm really excited for you to go down this list. Because I think it's going to be fascinating. It could go in so many different ways. So let's run it Unlocked on Canucks. Again, GOATS of the Week. All right, all right, all right. Well, Kyle, something's going to happen on this edition of GOATS of the Week that has never happened in GOATS of the Week history. Whoa. Um, but before we get to that, first and foremost, it is the reigning champ from last week. He is now number one in the Canucks yearly power rankings. It is Elias Pedersen, okay? Wow. Um, so I, I will say as a caveat, since we did this last um, Tuesday, uh, I did it from games that were um, Tuesday last week, so the Islanders game, to Monday against Columbus. So the last four games did not include the, the Rangers game on Monday. Mm-hmm. But over the last four games, Pedersen still has four goals uh, <laughs> and, and six points in his last four games. Uh, I know his points to go snap against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, oh, man, I thought, you know, Pedersen throughout the week was just driving offense, man. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I've, we've definitely seen Pedersen kind of slowly level up throughout the season, but he's really unlocked another level yeah. um, playing on the lotto line, man. It's mm-hmm. just like, and bro, it's unbelievable to watch. And sorry to cut you off, but I just want to say like Trevor Beggs called this. Okay. He called this in early January. Okay. And it wasn't because Pedersen was stacking up points in December or in late December. He just liked the way he was playing games. And we kept bringing this up. Uh, people weren't happy with the point production. Uh, they said that this guy was not a bust, but you know, just uh, don't, don't extend this guy, trade this guy. He's not the guy you want, blah, blah, blah. We kept saying it. This guy is still the most engaged player on the ice. Defensively doing his thing, always, always trying to lay the body out whenever he times it out right. You can't doubt a guy like that. And him being an, ass- an assassin on the ice offensively is in full display right now. And I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I know it's a, a bit of a, 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 a thing to say full of bias to say that this guy can do this for the rest of the season for the next 30 plus games. But um, this guy isn't a contract year, so he, he can do it the rest of the way. 100%, man. Uh, okay, so this is what this is something that's never happened in Go to the League history, but I got two goalies on the list this week. At number two, I have Thatcher Demko, and at number three, I have Casey DeSmith, okay? You know, lots Ooh. of talk about the lot of line, the offense getting it done. But over the last week, over the last four games, Thatcher Demko gets two wins, a 951 save percentage, <clears throat> and one shuttle against the Sabres. And Casey DeSmith, I thought he was rock solid in both of his starts as well. Uh, gets the win over the New York Islanders. Looks great in that game. Get another game where the Canucks um, hot start and then start to give up more as the game goes on. Um, but I think that Islanders game was kind of squared away by the time they hit the third period. It was great in that game. And I thought against Columbus on Monday when the team was dog tired, playing like poo-poo, uh, DeSmith stood tall and really willed that team to get an extra point uh, despite the team, mm-hmm. you know, really not looking good, especially in the latter half. Would you sign him? Would you sign him? I, you know, I dropped that episode la- uh, yesterday. I had to re-upload it because of uh, some technical issues, but I did ask the question, you know, I know we got Silovs and company. Are you extending Casey to Smith ASAP? Yeah. Yeah. It's about the cup. It's about the cup. Um, it depends on the extension, obviously. I'm yeah. not going to, you know, break the bang for him, but man, 32, I, I'd be comfortable giving him a three-year deal, to be honest. If the AAV is somewhere around 2 million, he's 1.8 right now. If you can get to Smith for like, 2.5 or under wow. for the next three seasons. Wow. I'd lock him up. I mean, I, honestly, Silovs, he's going to get a shot at some point, whether it's in Vancouver or somewhere else. You know, honestly, like I've watched him in Abster this season and he's piling up the wins. Some games he looks great and other games he looks really mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at the Abster Canucks game on Friday. He led in the, uh, at least one pretty mediocre goal. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not banking on Silovs just coming up and being the backup again. The Canucks, it's everything's changed. This is not about. Young guys, who's going to push the first spot on the roster? It is about winning the goddamn cup now, okay? It is not about making prospects feel good. So, Silovs, if he wrestles it away from, from DeSmith, maybe the Canucks can figure it out at a later time. But mm-hmm. I'd be comfortable accepting DeSmith. And you know what? Maybe if you run into a, a pickle during uh, this new contract extension for Casey DeSmith, like let's say Silovs outplays him in training camp, blah, blah, blah. They need to shed some cap. If Casey DeSmith is still pulling out these numbers where he's having 25 starts and his save percentage is at 920, you best believe there's going to be a lineup of teams wanting Casey DeSmith in their organization. So right. it's going to be a contract that's easy to move. Who, who's number four on your list? All right, let's go to number four and five because, man, we're already over the half about an hour mark. Uh, the overlords <laughs> won't like this at Locked On. Number four, I have Philip Hironik. You know, I thought he really looked strong this week, was great against the Islanders. He was a positive, one of the top Canucks in terms of possession in every game, except in that game against Columbus where the whole team stunk. Uh, Ronick scored against the Islanders, had four points in four games. And at number five, I had JT Miller, who 
I thought it was a really interesting week for JT Miller. You know, he has the worst possession possession metrics on the Canucks. He had a couple gaffes this week, including one against Columbus where he coughed it up right up the middle. I know tired team, but mm-hmm. I noticed a couple Miller gaffes this week that we were kind of seeing pre-talk it uh, under Boudreaux. So again, it certainly wasn't a perfect week for Miller defensively, but man, oh man, when the puck is on his stick, he is one of the best playmakers in hockey. And it showed up on the score sheet, you know, over the last week. You know, Miller had six points, uh, which is one of the highest rates over the last week in hockey. I think he's fourth in NHL scoring right now, 60 points in 44 games. I believe I saw a stat that he was the fourth fastest Canuck to get 60 points in 44 games. So I think it was a really interesting week from JT Miller where there was some bad, but definitely the good kind of overshone the bad, in my opinion. That's JT Miller for you, though, man. And it's all good. It's all good, man. I think I wouldn't say he's the Canucks MVP, though. Yeah, it's Hughes or Patterson, man. It, it, it changes all the time. I'm, I'm really interested to see how the Canucks do the rest of the way. Uh, of course, they got the five-game homestand. And then I think eventually they have like a nine- or ten-game homestand still in this calendar of theirs in the regular season. It's going to be a really fascinating yeah. end to the season. But I'm going to say it right now, and I'm not jinxing it. Like, this team is stacked. They got the big six, full of superstars, well-coached, well-structured. The leadership at the top is there. They're going to continue everything that we just saw during the quote-unquote first half of the season. And it's going to be easier to do so because this team's schedule has been really tough, man. It's just the truth, and it's going to ease up here. And they're going to gear up for the playoffs, man. It, it's it's a really fun time to be a Vancouver Canucks fan. And again, keep your hopes high. Don't be scared of Edmonton. I was listening to Halford and Bruff this morning. They're like, yo, we'd rather have Seattle. We'd rather have Seattle. Uh, I get it. You know, the, ge- ge- geog- uh, the ge- geography, you know, the, the, uh, the less travel, blah, blah, blah. But they ultimately said that Edmonton's a better team, and they're kind of scared of Edmonton. Dude. First place teams, they don't get scared of that first round matchup, okay? And if you're scared, you're going to lose. And if we are scared collectively as a fan base, the Canucks are going to hear it, feel it, because, you know, we're neighbors, bro. We share the universe together. So keep your spirit high and arrogant and confident when going into the first round of the playoffs. One love to all the listeners. A shout out to and, uh, Callum, Callum Sandu, okay? He really likes the goat horn, and he also brought up RST Baines again earlier in the comments. So uh, maybe we'll talk more about RST Baines later on in the next couple of weeks, because. <laughs> Man, oh, man. That dude is the Punjabi prince of Vancouver, okay? Anyways, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, sign us out. Hey, shout out to each and every one of you for tuning into this episode of Locked On Canucks. Whether you're an everydayer, an occasional listener, a first-time listener, a new subscriber, or you joined us live here on our YouTube uh, stream, uh, we love each and every one of you, your families, and your pets too, okay? Coming up later this week on Locked On Canucks, I do want to talk about RG Baines. Okay. Um, maybe give a little Abby Canucks report. I was live at the game, been watching them more recently. Um, also want to talk about Pedersen, Miller, and Besser. Are they the most dangerous forward trio in Canucks history? And of course, we got you know previews, recaps, rumors, analysis, all that stuff and more here on Locked On Canucks. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs. That guy's Kyle Bowen, and you'll be listening to Locked On Canucks. One love, one love. Go Canucks, go! And remember, f the Oilers, f the Oilers. Bring it on. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.